Can Thor, Rocket Raccoon, Drax, Gamora, Star-Lord, Mantis, Groot, Heimdall, Loki, Hulk, Iron Man, Spider-Man, Captain America, Black Widow, Falcon, The Scarlet Witch, Vision, The Black Panther, The Winter Soldier, War Machine, Wong, Bruce Banner, Okoye, M'Baku, Shuri, Doctor Strange, and Stormbringer stop Thanos from collecting all Infinity Stones? The answer might surprise you in our second review of Avengers Infinity War in this episode of Cheerful Ghost Radio. Cheerful Ghost Radio is a podcast from the Cheerful Ghost community about interesting stuff in gaming and other various bits of nerdery. Welcome to Cheerful Ghost Radio. My name's John, and for this episode, I'm joined by the amazing Tim and Travis. And in this episode, we're going to take a second look at Avengers Infinity War. We like to come back to certain movies after we see them a few times, and especially when they get a home release... In this episode, we'll be talking about our new thoughts on Infinity War and review the Blu-ray release. But first, let's talk about Star Wars. The story of a boy, a girl, and a universe. It's a big, sprawling space saga of rebellion and romance. So... I think about Star Wars a lot. I think that's fairly obvious to everyone. And as I was thinking about it, again, uh, Travis and I were having a discussion about Star Wars. And Tim and... got 200 texts waiting for him when he got back from lunch. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right. It's exactly right, because he has a job, and we apparently don't. And we were talking about it, and I sort of was thinking for a bit that the original... Star Wars is dominated by the Skywalkers. It's their saga, right? So you've got the prequels with Anakin. You've got the uh, original trilogy with Luke and Darth Vader. And uh, Kylo Ren's featured prominently in the uh, new movies. So I was wondering about the legacy of the Skywalkers and the Skywalker saga. Um... And I was just curious what you guys all think of that, because I don't really think I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of ways to look at how George Lucas created the film. Some people think, you know, he he had kind of a a grand vision, but I don't think it was always clear, you know, maybe what direction it was going to take. Now, I definitely know he's got thoughts on that and that kind of thing. But I'm curious what we think about the the legacy of Star Wars and how and what the legacy of the Skywalkers are specifically so i'll start with tim tim what do you think what is the legacy of the skywalkers uh to be really bad parents and guardians um (laughs) not not a lot of good family dynamics in the uh, skywalker family here um but uh (laughs) it all all seriousness i mean they're mostly absentee right i mean you can't say padme's a bad parent because she dies immediately of a heartache (laughs) 
surrounded by advanced medical technology. <laughs> exactly. And and Anakin was a bad partner in that he's an abuser, right? He's like mental and physical abuse, yeah. right? Like he's terrible. Creepy. Exactly. And he's in, in episode two. <laughs> exactly. I think the worst you could say up to a certain point is he's an absentee father, but he didn't know he had kids. So it's not like he could pay child support with Imperial credits, <laughs> right? Because he just didn't know. But then when he did know, it's not like he treated his kids. Well, anyways, Tim, you were saying legacy of the Skywalker. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Now I'm now I'm like seeing this like alternate history of uh, Star Wars here where Kylo Ren just approached Luke and was like, you know what? I think it's the Jedi should, you know, just probably stop. And Luke is just kind of like, all right, you know, I think he got a point there. And then they team up to, like, just end the Jedi. <laughs> um, yeah, that's... It's kind of funny when you when you had pointed out that Darth Vader, Kylo Ren, Luke, they all basically more or less come to wanting you know, even though they go about it in very different way, means kind of the same thing. And that's the end of the Jedi. So what I think the legacy of the Skywalkers is going to be, well, I mean, I think in the end, the Skywalkers are going to be, you know, the ones that everybody remembers are going to be Luke and Leia, and they'll still be remembered for their heroic moments, you know, more so than uh, Luke's kind of more cynical uh, approach in The Last Jedi there. Um, and, and that kind of makes sense in canon, too, because, you know, you, you see at the end there when Luke does his big, you know, feat to buy the Rebellion time to escape, that uh, obviously the the tale of that spreads and the, the legend of Luke Skywalker kind of keeps living on. So I think the legacy of, like, Luke Skywalker and therefore, you know, the Skywalkers as a whole is, is going to continue to be more or less unchanged um even though the the skywalkers are going to be more or less no more outside of kylo ren travis yeah the, the conversation that we had that kind of started this made me start re-watching star wars a little earlier than i planned um i was planning on watching through all of them before solo came out or maybe like as solo came out, like do a chronological order with solo in the middle of it. But we started talking about this. So I went back and started rewatching and got through the prequels and I was looking for signs of Luke in Anakin. And I really think that Lucas did a fairly good job of tying the two of them together. And I just hadn't noticed it that much before. Maybe I wasn't looking for it, but Anakin has really strong drive for recognition and power. But aside from that, I think Luke is very much like Anakin. They're both very impatient. They care deeply about the people around them and will be reckless to save them. And ultimately don't handle failure well at all. And it's kind of interesting to see the parallels there, especially with the last Jedi, you know, you see Luke at, at his most heroic in the original trilogy. And I feel like the last Jedi was his downfall in the same way that episode three was Anakin's downfall. Well, that, okay. The last Jedi explained his downfall, but it was, he recovered from that downfall, but yeah. And then Kylo Ren's kind of the same way in a sense that that impatience is still there. He's kind of got the, 
we assume he has the drive for power that his grandfather had that Luke didn't have. But it's kind of interesting how they're all tied together, and I hadn't noticed it much until we had that conversation. Yeah, I, I agree. I I think that I have a couple things to say about this one. So when I think about the legacy of the Skywalkers, I actually think what's interesting for me to think about is what the people in the Star Wars universe would think about who they are, right? The only legacy, the only parallels I can think of to Darth Vader, right? Because he, he's the first one that anyone would think about, would, would know about in the Star Wars universe. Because, right, you know, he's like this tyrant, essentially, and the emperor, right? Um, and it would be something like Joseph Stalin or, you know, I, easy comparison would be Hitler, obviously. Um, so I don't, and and if you think about these, or Bin Laden, right? And if you think about what happened to Darth Vader, right? He was, he was taken out and the emperor was essentially taken out by, sort of like turned by Luke and then Darth Vader killed the emperor and all that kind of thing, you know? Um, it, except that the most recent parallel I could think of would be like the soldiers that took out bin Laden. So we knew who bin Laden was, right? Cause he's basically, he was for the while in the war on terror, like the ultimate new Hitler, right? He was, you know, because he'd done so much evil and he was the main bad guy that the United States had been putting up there for a long time. He essentially became Satan for the United States, right? Everyone agreed that he was a bad guy. And then we have soldiers come in under under Obama and they took out um, bin Laden. That would be essentially like Luke, technically, right? The difference is we all know who bin Laden is, but we don't know who the soldier is that took out bin Laden was. At least I don't. And most people probably don't, unfortunately. And I'm sure this soldier is about as good as Luke. I mean, he's probably the most Luke Skywalker of the Marines or whoever took him out. Right. But we don't know who that is. So the interesting thing about the legacy of the Skywalkers in the Star Wars universe is it's evil. That's the the normal person in the galaxy is only going to know the bad stuff. It's like, oh, well, Darth Vader, you know, and the Emperor were cronies together. And then it would be after that. No one knows who Luke Skywalker is. No one would know. I mean, I, you know, and the Force Awakens are like, oh, Luke Skywalker, I heard he was a myth. Well, most people probably wouldn't have even known that. You know what I mean? And then and then you have Kylo Ren. Well, most people would have known who that guy is, right? Because he's basically just the same version of Darth Vader and just about as, you know, murderous. Right. And then, you know, at the end of the last Jedi, he's basically in charge of, of, uh, the new, um, of the new order. So I think it's evil. Actually, you can't take an entire family and say that it's actually a redemption arc when the majority of their actions, when, when their actions for their entire family mean death of like half the universe or whatever, an enslavement of entire races, right? It would be like saying, well, you know, it, like no one remembers the good people in Ben Laden's family, right? So I don't know. I kind of look at it like that. But when we look at Star Wars, we look at it from the characters that we watch and Luke, right? And we remember the the character, and, and then we remember Darth Vader's turn. But if Bin Laden, like a couple weeks before, or a, and then literally, guys, this is a like hours before he dies, was like, little sorry, guys, my bad. Like no one would care. No one would say, <laughs> oh, Bin Laden was actually a good guy because a couple hours before he died, he recanted, and his son convinced him to not be an asshole murderer. No one, no one would care, right? But we like redemption stories 
because they're awesome. You know what I mean? But no one in the galaxy would. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, like, and the addition the of the force and how that works kind of changes that a bit because, you know, you almost think, well, it wasn't his fault. He was consumed by the dark side. And then he comes out of the dark side and it's like he's been unpossessed in a sense. And I mean, that doesn't exactly ring true, but it's not like a normal human changing their minds. I think that's I'm like of two minds about how I look at Star Wars now. Right. Yeah, morality in the Star Wars universe is complicated. Yeah, it really is. And part of me, like as a kid and how I used to look at Star Wars is like, oh, Darth Vader, you know, Anakin, he's a good guy who was turned at the end. But now as an adult, I'm like, fuck you, actually. You know <laughs> what I mean? You like in the last like as you're dying, you're like repentant. Fuck you. And really, what what did he convert because he didn't want to see his son die? Is he a good person? For, most people would do that. They would not want to see their kids die. <laughs> Even a crazy tyrant. Right. Would not want to see their kids die. So how good is he? <laughs> not really. So I don't know. I think the movie gives him a little bit of an out. As I look at it from and my... let's remember, he chopped his kid's hand off in the previous movie. <laughs> yeah. And he did. And you're right, exactly. So again, I'm looking at it through this lens that the movie's trying... Like, But then I look at it now in a modern way, and I'm like, actually, he's still a bad guy. He just, in the last couple of minutes, was a good guy. Does that mean it make him a good guy? Well, according to Star Wars, it does, right? He's 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 hitting at the... But I don't know. I don't know if that's how it works, but that's kind of what I was thinking about. I think the legacy of the Skywalkers, Luke has it 100% right. It's not good. And the Jedi should end. And that's probably why people hate The Last Jedi so much now. And I probably understand that more so because they don't want to look at it like you would if you were there. They want to look at it like when we were kids watching the movie, which is fine. And that's a perfectly valid way to watch the movie, but it's pretty horrific if you consider it from a, I'm a person living in this place, you know, which, you know, yeah. Yeah. That's kind of why I don't think that Kylo Ren should get a redemption. I, I think that's been done to death. I would prefer to see him be full on evil and go out like a bad guy rather than be redeemed. I I want the same thing and I don't want him to go out. Actually. I don't want them to kill him. I want Kylo Ren to be horribly scarred and have to move on and have to continue on. That's how I think Ooh. they're going to do it or how yeah. I would do it. You, so you basically he, he gets what he wants and becomes a new Vader. <laughs> right. Yeah. He's like but all burned up and scarred and becomes more machine than man. Right. And is forced to live with something that he doesn't want to live with, but has to and has to continue on because Ray's not going to kill him. But he's basically powerless or something. I don't know. That's what I would do. Make him an absolutely tragic character that must continue. So because I think it makes further movies interesting. Right. And he's still a bad guy. Maybe. I don't know. But that's what I would do. Well, in terms of the power dynamics, though, if he's, you know, super strong dark side user, how do you deal with him without killing him? Yeah, it's again, the, the introduction of the force kind of complicates things, because how do you imprison somebody who can just move things with their head, you know? <laughs> um, but also, like uh, with the legacy of Darth Vader, I think he would be viewed very differently if he had not died right after having, you know, destroyed the Emperor, because let's be honest, if he if he survived that and got back uh, like the rebellion is not going to let him go. <laughs> like they're not going to just welcome point. him <laughs> like you know there there'd be trials there if they, they didn't just murder him Absolutely. like right off the bat you know 
Well, yeah, if he survives, he would, he, would to, to, he would go to trial. Absolutely. Yeah. It would be a war crimes trial. And he would like, Absolutely. let's just take what he did to Kashyyyk. You know what I mean? He killed all the Jedi. He destroyed the temple like he murdered kids. This guy's yeah, he, not. If there's a death penalty in the Star Wars universe, he's going to get it. it. Yeah, for sure. And if so, he doesn't, it's the weakest criminal justice system ever. Yeah. And also not to be that guy, but um, well, actually, um, in the time in between the first Star Wars movie and the second one, remember that Luke was famous before his association with Darth Vader because he destroyed mm-hmm. the first Death Star. Right, um, that's right. And that's then right, also right. there's the, you know, in the time in between Comes some Empire general Strikes or Back general and the first one, right. he becomes a famous general. He's involved with Rogue Squadron, which itself is like a famous, you know, fighter pilot group in the Rebellion. So Luke is famous on his own. So it, like he would be well known. Um, and it wasn't common knowledge that Anakin was Darth Vader until no, Luke found out and told Leia and then it kind of got out from that point, you know, but, um, so yes, but I think my original think point the, still stands, which is people would know Darth Vader more than Luke. It would be like saying like, do you know who Osama bin Laden is more? Or do you know who general Stanley McChrystal is more? Now people know who Stanley McChrystal is, but they totally know who bin Laden is. Again, I think your point stands and it's completely valid. Yeah. And see, again, I, we I know think who they the evil guy the two is together because I think most people would think of Darth Vader as Darth Vader, not so much as a Skywalker, even though mm-hmm. that became knowledge later on. They with the, you know, when they hear Skywalker, I think they would think more of Luke and, you know, Leia by proxy when it's discovered that she's also a Skywalker. So this is the thing, too. But if your dad was Osama bin Laden, don't you think people would look at you weird even if you were fighting for the good guys a little bit? Well, and if you read the, oh, what was it called? Bloodlines. uh, When it came out that Leia was Anakin Skywalker's daughter, she was she had some issues. The reason that she stopped being, I believe it, a senator and started the head of the resistance is because she basically couldn't work with anybody anymore because they wouldn't work with her. Yeah, yeah, I get that. It's like, well, what you did doesn't matter because your dad's space Hitler. Yeah, no, I get it. I just, I mean, I, I mean, I think her actions speak really loudly, but people would be weird yeah. about it. That's cool that they yeah. added that in. Plus, I think, I think that's that Luke and Leia had the, I guess you could say, the benefit of the doubt in that they were doing good and were becoming kind of famous before it came out that they were Darth Vader's kids. You know, totally. So they. Now, if they, you know, if it had been the other way around and it was like, there's Darth Vader and oh, by the way, we're his kids and we want to try and help the resistance. I don't think anybody would have given them the time of day and probably would have just imprisoned them, you know, and and try to use that as leverage against Darth Vader. (laughs) So I, I don't think they would have become famous in the resistance had that association been known beforehand. But since they did have that, you know, um, that they were involved in the resistance first, that they they were able to escape most of the negative connotations, even though I'm sure there was, you know, some issues that arose from that. Hey there, this is Travis from Truthful Ghost Radio, and thanks for listening to the show. If you like what we're doing here and want to help support us, I encourage you to head over to Truthful Ghost and click the little heart at the top of the page. 
You can help us fund the important work of this podcast and Truthful Ghost by supporting us on Patreon, which is a site for funding the things you love. If you fund us at a member level, you get awesome benefits, so head over to TruthfulGhost.com, find what funding level works for you, and support Truthful Ghost on Patreon today. So we all got Infinity War recently, um, and I wanted to talk a little bit about our updated thoughts on the film itself after seeing it again. Going to start things off with everyone's favorite, Travis. Yeah, so when we first talked about Infinity War, I said I was looking forward to kind of letting things gel a bit more when we got the Blu-ray, because there was so much going on in that movie. And I was right. Things gel way better, and it's just an impressive feat that the Russo brothers were able to pull together all these different heroes into the same movie. And yeah, I I still love it. Let me start with that. It's a great movie, but I don't think it was as good the second time through. And I have this trouble with the last Russo brothers movie, Civil War, because it seems like a lot of the plot is moved on by people being dumb. And I don't tend to like when th- that happens in movies. Uh, that's part of it. Like there's a pretty dumb thing that happens. Yeah. Um, after a lot of really smart things happen. So yeah. is that what you're talking about? Uh, well, it depends if you're talking about uh, star Lord. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Oh man. That so we all agree that so that's, much. In his character to do something really impulsive, right? Well, I would, if not for his character development in Guardians 2. I feel like he's grown up more than that. Yeah, and fair enough. Yeah. But, you know, that that's... That's probably the quote-unquote dumbest moment of the movie. Yeah, as a character doing something dumb. But... Yeah. More than Way that... Way to go, Star-Lord. <laughs> more than that, though, I felt like they were trying to make Thanos a sympathetic villain but he is really not sympathetic he's just a torturous abusive tyrant but it felt like you know all of his point of view moments they were trying to make him a sympathetic villain and that just didn't land for me the second time through and you know aside from the fact that his plan is dumb anyway because you know we lose half our population. We get taken back to the 1970s, 60s population. And then 50 years later, we're back to where we were to begin with. But just... I never thought of that. Thanos, you dipshit. <laughs> well, I mean, they do call him the Mad Tyrant. So. Right. There's some like... Sorry, uh, mad Titan. Right. There's some Trumpian, not to get too political, but he's talking about how he's the only one who can fix it. And the, that might have been intentional that they were trying to relate it to current events, but... Like it felt like they I were alone. going in two different directions with showing him being terrible and showing him being sympathetic. And that didn't gel for me. And that made the scene with Gamora dying kind of not work because you're supposed to believe that he loves her and that's how he can get the soul stone. But him loving her did not ring true for me, but still, I mean, there's so much of this movie that is great and it is a massive, impressive spectacle, and I will watch it many more times, but it didn't 
do as much for me the second time. Tim. Interesting. I, I kind of, I don't know if I would say I felt the opposite, but I would say that it, it more or less held up, you know, to, uh, for me, like on a rewatch, there was a couple things that I noticed, you know, that uh, on a rewatch that, you know, it didn't really stick out the first time. And one is that when you break it down, like most of the characters don't get a lot of screen time. Like I was, um, on, on my rewatch, it's like, you know, you're on one scene where it's, you know, Iron Man and Spider-Man upon the ship. And then they cut away and go do with other characters. And it's a like, like a long time before they come back and mm-hmm. resolve what's going on with Iron Man and Spider-Man and, uh, Dr. Strange. And like <laughs> so Steve Rogers like, had like five lines the whole time. It was nuts. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, yep, this was not, you know, the Captain first time America you're watching movie. it, there's so much going on and you're so involved and wrapped up in it. That is like, you know, you kind of forget that it's been so long since you've checked in on these other characters, but on a rewatch, it's, it becomes very apparent that there's, there's a lot of characters all that have to fit into this movie. And, and as a result, very few of them get a lot of on screen time here. You know, it, it really does feel like this is a movie about Thanos and everybody else reacting to him rather than an actual Avengers movie. Oh yeah. You know, and I've heard that there's a, um, uh, like 30 minutes on the cutting room floor, uh, all about Thanos. And it would be interesting if that got released eventually, it would have been great if we got a little bit more of that on their special features on this, but you know, we'll more see. complaints yeah, well, about the special features coming. <laughs> yeah. We're going to get, yeah. we'll, we'll get to the special features here soon. Um, definitely like Thanos's plan is one of those things where like the more you think about it, the more stupid it really is. <laughs> I think so, we all agree that it's yeah. kind of it illogical, is, but I yeah, think we can all agree that it's like, really it's like an impactful one, though. I there's would about say. like it's a like, million different things you could do with the uh, with a completed Infinity Gauntlet that would solve the issue more so than just killing everybody. <laughs> well, like, one thing that I will so say, dumb. one thing that I will say, sorry to interrupt, is that at least it's better than what happened in the comics, because in the comics, he wanted to kill half the population of the universe to impress death because he had a crush on her. <laughs> I, I heard that. Yeah. So, Oh, so yeah. he's like a 16 year old boy in high school yeah. who really likes a girl. Yeah. Basically. Well, there's kind of a callback to that at the end of the first Avengers where after the Avengers have, you know, fought back the Chitari and like some guy is talking to Thanos and he's like, you know, earth is defended uh, to attack Earth again would be to court death, and you see Thanos kind of smile. So that that was a callback <laughs> to the original comics. Oh, there. nice! That's awesome. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So I guess I will give them props for coming up with a better excuse for him to try and do this. You know. <laughs> but yeah, it is it is a dumb dumb idea. Um. I I think Thanos is, if not sympathetic, he's interesting. And uh, Brolin does a great job considering he did the entire yes. thing in a motion cap suit, you know. Oh, yeah. And we'll, we'll, we'll talk about more of that in the special features discussion. But, um, like, he deserves major props for that. That was an amazing performance, you know, for a, basically a kind of a dumb villain in a comic book movie. So he, he did a lot with, with a little <laughs> there. But uh, I mean, it just in general, I, I think the movie still stands out as a great addition, you know, to the Marvel Universe and 
one of one of the better Marvel movies as a whole, despite a few complaints. I liked this the second time around. Watching this movie again was like cuddling, like taking a blanket. It's like a warm blanket watching it again. Now, it's not as dark and it wasn't maybe as impactful as seeing it in the theater. I didn't quite have as much of an emotional time there. It was it was something I was thinking about after it, but I really enjoyed it quite a lot. Travis, I think that I agree with part of what you said about Thanos. Um, when I saw it again, he seemed less like sympathetic and more like he was um, kind of losing the word here, but more like and I totally lost it. But I agree with you. I don't think he was maybe quite as sympathetic, but he was more something else. And if it comes back to me, I'm uh, yeah. I'll, he's I'll definitely he's not it. like Killmonger, where you kind of kind of understand where he's coming mm-hmm. from, you know, and you kind of sympathize with him, even if you don't agree with his actions. So he's he's not as compelling of a villain as like Killmonger, but I, I do think he's interesting. Yeah, oh, he's very for sure. interesting. Yeah. And in, in mm-hmm. the scant special features, they do talk about how they were trying to make him a sympathetic villain. And that kind of drove it home for me a bit that something didn't quite fit for me there. Right. I like how focused he is and I like how he's very clear on what he wants to do. And he even though he does have a moment where he has some regret about Gamora, he is 100 percent going to what his task is. And I think. Oh, oh, I remember what it is. I think it's when I watched it, I think that one thing that I like about Thanos is he shows respect to the people he's fighting. And I think that he's not I don't think that he's in it because he's a dick or he's necessary. I mean, he's evil and the worst, but he's not trying to. He at least understands what makes these people talented and he admits and he like can admit that. And I think that there's something noble about him. Even if he is a psychopath weirdo who wants to do the dumbest shit, you know what I mean? Yeah. So um, I think that's that nobility and respect that I think is interesting because you don't see that a lot in bad guys. They're either like chewing on the scenery and totally, you know, making fun of the villains or, you know, that kind of thing. And I guess in that way, I would put him up there with the Joker from uh, The Dark Knight in that he's not misrepresent. He's he doesn't have a misunderstanding about who it is that he's fighting. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He understands who these people are because he's been seeing them and he understands them fight. You know what I mean? He understands who Tony Stark is because he's, you know, he knows Tony's part in what he did in the Avengers, right? He understands that, you know? So, um, and I think that's uh, pretty cool. So when I originally reviewed the movie, I said it was a Thanos and Iron Man movie. And I sort of kind of agree with that. Um, But watching this again, what resonated more with me was Thor and his Mm -hmm. arc um, and how how an amazing performance Chris Hemsworth did. He can take this funny performance and turn it very serious and very heartfelt. And that rocket Thor, you know, happened. You know, what happened was just awesome watching it again. And I really enjoyed that. Um, so I had much more appreciation for how big the movie is. Um, they sort of hit that home and sort of how they talk about it and how much work it must've been to do two movies at the same time in the special features. And we'll we'll talk about that later, but, uh, the Russo brothers are clearly really talented filmmakers and it became much more obvious to me. So that was kind of how I thought about that. 
is still alive. We all bought the Blu-ray version of this movie. I'll start with Travis. Travis, what version did you buy? I bought the 4K, what was it called? Cinematic Universe Edition, which is kind of a strange name for it, but I think that's what it was called. Tim, what'd you buy? So I bought the uh, the Blu-ray and uh, digital code version they had at Target. Cool. So I bought the 4K Cinematic Universe Edition at Target as well, um, and that's how I got it. And so now I'm buying movies um, in 4K that uh, are sort of the movies I want to see in 4K. I don't have a 4K TV right now, but by the time I get one, I want to have some content on it. And Infinity War is one of those movies that I want to see in 4K for sure. So I'm going to kick it over to Tim to talk about how you what you think of the Blu-ray release and the special features. All right. So I want to preface this by um, pointing out a problem that I ran into. So when I bought the the Blu-ray and digital version here, you know, inside the, the case, there's my redemption code. And right on the form there, it says that the digital version comes with the in, or a director's round table where they would do like a retrospective about the last 10 years. They had all the directors from all the movies, you know, do a round table and kind of discuss the Marvel universe. And I was really excited about this. Wonder if it was a cheerful round table. Is that how you would Maybe. describe it, Travis? <laughs> <laughs> it, it was fun. It was fun. Go ahead, Tim. Yeah. Sorry. So I I go onto the the you know website redeem my code I didn't feel like signing up for another service and I had the option to just redeem it through Amazon Prime Video which I did right after doing that I realized that there was some small print underneath the redemption code saying that these special features were not available on all of the service providers. And apparently Amazon Prime Video did not have the Roundtable special edition <laughs> special features on there. And because I have now already redeemed my code, I don't know if I will be able to ever get <laughs> those special features. I bet that even um, if, like, if you made a uh, Movies Anywhere account and it didn't automatically come over, I bet that they would work with you on it. I've heard really good yeah. stories about that. Maybe. And, you know, you, you mentioned that to me before the episode and John gave me some uh, suggestions on things I can try too. So I am still going to try and figure out a way to get that special feature. But just as a warning and disclaimer to any listeners out there, be careful before you redeem that digital code and try and make sure that the service you're trying, you know, going to redeem it on will actually give you those special features. All right. So as far as the special features that were included with the disc, I'm going to be honest and say they were kind of lackluster. I mean, there was a gag reel, which was funny, although it was pretty short. Um, and then there was some deleted scenes, which, you know, some were kind of interesting. Most of them, I, I see why they cut them out. You know, they didn't really add anything. Um, the, the, I could definitely see that they were just kind of, you know, if you were looking to cut down the running time for the movie uh, i would agree that those were good scenes uh to cut out there uh there was a couple featurettes that were mostly just kind of like uh behind the scenes looks at how they filmed different scenes and i mean those were okay but they're pretty you know 
what what you'd expect for most Blu-ray special, you know, special features there. Nothing too in-depth, but you did see a little bit of the, like, you know... Uh, the one that I, I particularly liked was the uh, Battle on Titan featurette, because you got to see a little bit of the uh, practical sets that they built on a soundstage. And I was actually surprised how much was practical. I mean, it's overwhelmingly like CGI, but they did actually build some like, you know, decent sets to film some of the scenes there, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, there was actually more physical sets than I was expecting. But all in all, it was I was a little disappointed with the special features. The only thing I did check out was the uh, the commentary track, um, which I will probably listen to another time. So that could influence my you know my my consideration of the special features later on. But as of the content that I've I've looked at, it's it's a little underwhelming. Travis, yeah, I agree. I mean, in terms of the Blu-ray itself, I will say that the the 4k is fantastic uh, especially in scenes in space from the guardians perspective those are beautiful um but yeah the special features the the director's roundtable was great it was just really good i, I love that one but those featurettes just kind of felt like even though you get a couple little behind the scenes things that are nice even those feel like it's trying to sell you the movie like these were probably featurettes that were released before the movie launched trying to get people to watch it and they just tacked them onto the blu-ray it's like it just felt weird i'm watching i bought the blu-ray you're trying to sell me on it why the hell are you doing this (laughs) (laughs) and exactly yeah i feel like the the gag reel is kind of typical of what you get in gag reels these days i swear those things are getting shorter and shorter i want like a 30 minute gag reel seriously i love those things but they just keep getting shorter and yeah like you said the Deleted scenes didn't really, you know, some, a couple of them were funny. Like that one where they've missed the calls from um, Nebula. From Nebula. The Guardians deleted scene was the best. That was hilarious. Sure. I get why they cut yeah. it. It ran long. Like they kept doing the same joke over and over. But it was it was good. Yeah. Was and, I, and they didn't film some of those scenes very well. They needed to do some pickups if they were going to yeah. use it. But yeah, yeah it was and funny. I, and I wasn't real thrilled with the argument between Drax and... Uh, star lord in the beginning there you know and then they made the gag about like oh we haven't even left nowhere yet oh yeah you know like yeah that felt flat but then the the part where you know they they have the missed messages i thought was pretty good yeah Yeah, that was that was very fun but yeah overall i mean i feel like the the last few mcu movies have had really pretty solid special features and this was a major step back and i Hope it's not a sign of what's to come. I hope we get more and more instead of less and less. One thing I noticed about watching these, I'm going to air quote special features because they're special. All right. I'm just kidding. Uh, No, I'm not kidding. I don't think they're very good. I totally agree with what you guys say. I couldn't say anything more than that. You guys basically said everything for it um is i noticed the russo brothers look really tired because this movie is fucking <laughs> monstrous to, to make they have to be yeah. they look so tired when they're talking about the movie they look like they're gonna take a nap and again this movie's monstrous so i totally get that so this is why i think there's two potential reasons why i think the special features on infinity war kind of fell down firstly i think it's possible that they're saving a lot for either when they're going to release them all together or for infinity war part two, 
right? It's entirely possible that the way that like they're making a full documentary about making both of these movies and you can't release it right now because they're making basically a movie and whatever. Also, I think what's also possible that might be possible. The other possibility might be that these movies are so huge. They had no resources to work on the special features for this. So they kind of suck, right? What's easy to do is get a bunch of people in a room, shoot a round table, get director's commentary. That's not too hard, right? But getting people to do separate um, stuff and make sure there are no spoilers in either one of those when you're getting people to talk about a movie that could actually be really hard when they're working on both movies at the same time. So I think there's two potential reasons and I hope it's more the first one. I would find that to be fine if in Avengers part two, you get all this crazy, awesome behind the scenes stuff. I would be nonplussed, but except having it all part of a double pack. And if they just don't have anything, I think that's a real shame bordering on really unfortunate because this movie, I want to see how they made it. I want to see, I want to see what you guys did clearly because all they say is this is really hard to make over and over and over again. (laughs) Show me, show me how hard it was. I want to see it. I I would buy it. I guess maybe I would buy another movie, which is how they made this movie, I guess. But you know, I don't want to, I just want to buy the movie. So yeah, and the best special feature is the MCU 10-year uh, director's roundtable. Um, it's a shame because a lot of people aren't going to see it. It's on the disc. That's unfortunate. But um, I want to say, salt though, into that wound there. I know. I really hope you can see it. And uh, <laughs> But I do want to give props to the director's commentary. That's also really, really good. And in a movie that's really light for special features being good, watch it. It's great. Um, it's really, really cool. They got the writers and they got the Russo brothers and it's really fun. And I want to take more time to talk about Star Wars and say, compared, compare The Last Jedi to Infinity War. I don't want to compare the movies because I don't think they're comparable. <laughs> but the special features, Ryan Johnson did a amazing job. I don't think oh, wow. there's anyone that could say that the special features on Infinity War are better than The Last Jedi. The Last Jedi, like... Oh, no, the special features on Last Jedi were light years ahead of this, this yeah. one. Yeah, it's transcendent. Like the director and the Jedi alone is an amazing movie to watch. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah. And that's where Infinity War Blu-ray was a little disappointing for me. It was, you know, I had my had my hopes up, you know, Ryan Johnson got my hopes up. But again, they could, you know, Russo Brothers could come back and part two could be great. And or we could get it all. And, you know, yet another thing that we have to buy. Evacuate the city. Engage all defenses and get this man a shield. We like listing out Star Wars movies. And as long as they keep releasing Star Wars movies, we're going to keep going through our list again. And apparently Travis is going to be the one that makes the weird ones in that, which is good, which is good. You can take that spot, Travis. You can put... um, Revenge of the Sith way too high on the list. That's fine. I'll st- we can still be friends. <laughs> but what we're going to do for this one is we're going to be ranking our Marvel movies. And this is going to be weird because there are so many. Um, we have a slightly different take on it, but I'm going to kick things over to Travis. Travis, um, what are your MC movie orderings and um, how you how you ranking them? All right. So a couple things up front. Um, we were talking about how the hell do you even put 18 movies across 10 years into a list and 20 movies, 20 early. Yeah, it should be 20. Oh, anyway, uh, I must've lost count. Um, 
one idea we kicked around was the idea of tiers, and I ended up not doing that because I had trouble figuring out which one should go in which tier. So I've done just a straight top-down list, and I'm sure it's very inaccurate. Awesome. Oh. I love it. Because, I love it. Yeah, I love it. There's some of these that I don't remember well, and there are two that I don't remember at all, so I'm just abstaining. <laughs> Please tell me which ones you didn't... Okay, which ones don't you remember at all that you abstained from? Iron Man 3 and Thor The Dark World. I just... I was trying to think about oh. them and I couldn't really think about anything that happened oh. at all. So, so sad about <laughs> Iron Man three that gets almost no love nowadays. That's so sad. to me. I think I remember thinking that Iron Man three was better than two, but I can't remember enough about it to comment on it now. But also I'm sure that I totally agree. It is. And it's sad that you can't remember. Yeah. It. Oh, well, anyways, uh, second thing I'm, I'm sure that, this will change because it's been a long time since I've seen these. We're planning on doing a full rewatch before infinity war part two. So this is a very rough list, but here we go going top down starting. Oh, oh you're going to start with number one. Uh, no, let's start from the bottom and go up. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I'm not going to talk a lot about these because there's so many of them, but at the very bottom I have Hulk and it's not because it's a bad movie. I liked it. I there's no movies on this list that I didn't like. I would give them all probably low rads or higher, but Hulk is down at the very bottom. Then Iron Man two. Then you wouldn't say Hulk is a skip it. No, I thought it was pretty good. Okay. Interesting. Not, it right, wasn't great, continue. but I thought it was pretty good. Then okay. above that Iron Man two, then Thor, then Captain America, civil war, Avengers Age of Ultron, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Ant-Man, Infinity War, Doctor Strange, the first Iron Man, and then I have Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2 tied. I can't decide between them. Then the first Avengers, then Captain America, then Spider-Man Homecoming, then Captain America Winter Soldier, then Black Panther, and then at the very top, Thor Ragnarok. And I've seen that movie like five times since we bought it. I love that freaking movie. It is so good. Oh, that's a great list. I, Yeah, um, that's awesome. I have questions, but we, you know, the episode's <laughs> going long as is. Yeah. So, Tim, what you got? What you got? All right. So <clears throat> I was having a lot of trouble putting together this list until I think, John, you were the one who suggested tears. And then it it, it made a lot more sense to me. And, and I, I had a much easier time doing that. At first, I tried to fit my tears into like our ghost scale, you know, skip it, uh, meh, rad and, and so on. And it was just it was too top heavy, like too many were filling in, you know, it, it falling into the uh, the, you know, good or must watch kind of categories that it was like it at that point, it didn't help really like break it down any. So I, I ended up coming up with like a five tier, you know, groupings here. I had a four tier, so not so too we'll, different than mine. So we'll start with the the bottom tier. These are the movies that I think are they're they're pretty forgettable. If you're wanting to go through the MCU movies, these are the ones that are you're completely safe to just skip, like you know. And that is the Incredible Hulk, which if I did have a list, that was unfortunately the one on the bottom. Uh, Iron Man two, and Thor: The Dark World. There's, you know. And it's not to say that there aren't good parts to these movies or that they're not, you know, at least entertaining. There's just 
you know, compared to the rest of the movies in the MCU, they're they're not great. They miss more than they hit kind of thing, you know. So the next up are the movies that are they're a little bit better. They're entertaining. They have their moments, but they're not really great. And that is uh, Thor, the original, and Age of Ultron, uh, the second Avengers one. Again, they're, you know, that's they're okay. They're they're good. I think they're better than that bottom tier, but they're not. They're this is not the MCU at the top of their game here. Next up, I've got my good tier. These are movies that are just they're good on their own. Like apart from being just in the MCU, they're just they're good movies. I've got, um, I put Iron Man 3 in this one. I, I thought it was much better than Iron Man 2. Maybe not as good as the first one, but I, I like a lot of the things they did with that. Um, not everybody was in love with the twist they did with the Mandarin, but I thought it was kind of fun and clever and, uh, an interesting way to deal with a character that we'll say. Yay, has Iron some... Man 3 fans. We need so. to stick together, you and <laughs> well, me. I see, think we're the yeah, only that's one. That's interesting that because, like you say that, I have no idea. I have no recollection of Mandarin. <laughs> that is so weird. Oh my Holy gosh. Crap. Watch it again for yeah. the yeah. first yeah. time, Travis. <laughs> oh, Seriously. Man. You need it's to, really you need to go good. rewatch it and then it's really and then be back up with us to discuss it. Yeah. I know. Um, I know. So following Pepper Potts the... is a superhero, man. Watch it. Watch it. <laughs> so following in the good tier, I've got Ant Man. And then Ant-Man and the Wasp, um, which I both put in there, which, again, not my favorite in the MCUs, but I really like them. And then I, I it kind of pains me to put it this far down the list, but Doctor Strange. And that's because, although I love the character, I, I love what Benedict Cumberbatch did. Um, I thought it was really creative how he dealt with the big bad and that he didn't so much fight it, but that he... <laughs> He basically held the the big bad hostage and negotiated his way. <laughs> out I love of that it. ending. That was like great. that was so. I think clever. you will find Doctor Strange's Doctor Strange's will is is uh, equal to your own. I think. I yeah, know, yeah. You saw that, Darmalu. I have come to bargain. <laughs> but um, outside <laughs> oh, of that, awesome. like kind of twist at the end, the plot has some issues. The pacing has some issues. It's mostly visual style and not a lot of substance. You know, so I, I, I ended up putting it in the good tier. Moving up, we've got the great tier. These are the movies that can again they stand on their own. They are kind of a step up from, you know, just superhero movies as a whole. They're also just great action movies, um, and that is the first Iron Man, the first Captain America, the first Avengers. And then I also included Spider-Man Homecoming and both the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, which kind of like Travis, I I just barely give an edge to the first one, but it's really close. And, you know, if I rewatch one more recently than the other, those could easily switch places. And then I have the absolute top tier where not only are they great movies, but they're my personal favorites. And that's at the very top, Thor Ragnarok, um, which is just phenomenal. It's so much fun, and it's got so much style, and it's hilarious, and the action's great. Um, I love that movie so much. And then Black Panther was also amazing and had such a great 
style and visually great to look at and an amazing villain and a great supporting cast. It's, yeah, it's another one that I just absolutely love. Uh, And then I've got Winter Soldier up here because I thought that it was, you know, aside from being a great superhero movie, it was a great spy movie. Um, And then I've got Infinity War and uh, Civil War is in my top tier, which I was a little surprised to see you rate it so low on yours, uh, Travis. Yeah, I loved so. it at the theater, but then watching it at home, I just... Like, if they would just both be smart for a second and talk to each other, everything would be fine, but <laughs> like, I, that just pulls me out of it. All right. What about you, John? Yeah, so I did the tiers thing, too. So I started with the bottom tier, then uh, slightly up, so there's a lower tier, and then I've got the middle tier and the top tier. So we're going to start with the bottom tier. No surprise here, the Incredible Hulk. When we, uh, when I did uh, an Sorry, MCU rewatch, <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't even finish this. Uh, I stopped. <laughs> the ending battle scenes are just, I don't even want to talk about it. I just didn't even finish it. Um, the lower tier is just one movie. It's Thor The Dark World. I want to really stress that I don't think it's a bad movie. I just don't think it's quite in the same caliber as the rest of the MCU movies. And I think that there's quite a lot in The Dark World that gave way to some really great things in Ragnarok. But again, it's just not quite, you know, as good as the rest. And so we're going to the middle tier. And this is where a lot of movies sit with me in middle tier. And that's Ant-Man, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Iron Man 2, uh, Thor, Ultron, Captain America, Winter Soldier, Black Panther, and that's very controversial. I know that. Uh, Guardians and Homecoming. I know you guys did Black Panther, Guardians, and Homecoming higher than middle, but I would. The thing about Black Panther is I like it very much. It's a very cool movie, but it's not one that I think about or is top Marvel tier for me. Although it's very, very good, and I liked it a lot. And same for Homecoming. I, I might bump Homecoming higher. And then I'm going to also go to a movie that's not quite ranked because i don't know where it fits and that's doctor strange i don't know if it's a middle tier or top tier i really like it but it's a puzzle to me i don't know where to place it i just don't um kind of like doctor strange and the whole movie itself is kind of a puzzle i i don't know i just don't know i don't know i don't know and again homecoming and black panther might move up my list but just for now they're in middle tier and that's not a bad place to be it's just not the top and so let's talk about the top And the tippy top, the number one is Iron Man. There's no question about it. Um, It's my first Marvel love. I saw the original Iron Man in the theaters and it blew my, it was so fun. It was just so much fun. And uh, it started with it. It's kind of like Star Wars is my favorite Star Wars movie. (laughs) So uh, A New Hope, that one. So Um, Infinity War is really, really good. Uh, I I don't know if I'm ranking these like any particular. These are just the top. Uh, Iron Man 3, I know, really really controversial there uh guardians 2 civil war i just had so much fun with that um the original avengers is really good and thor ragnarok of course is um marvel legendary so that's my mcu ordering fun isn't something one considers when balancing the universe but this does put a smile on my face. So we're coming back around to 
to rate Infinity War on the ghost scale. I'm kicking it over to Travis because you probably gave it a must watch. And now your rating is what, Travis, on the ghost scale? It's difficult because, you know, it, it feels more like the finale to an 18 episode season than a movie in and of itself. <laughs> so, I mean, if you've been it's must watch TV, then right? if, you, if you've been TV. keeping up with Marvel, you've got to watch it. It's a must watch. If you haven't, there's no point in you watching it. So it's a skip it. But just general, even though I had issues with it, I still think I'd give it a must watch, like a lower must watch than before. But I had problems with it. Sure. But I give almost probably half of these movies in my list a must watch. Honestly, the caliber of these films is really high for I mean, if you told me 11 years ago that superhero movies would be this good, I would have told you you're full of it. But they're they've really set a high bar and I still give it a kind of lower must watch, but still a must watch. Tim. Yeah, I'm still giving it a must watch. Um, you know, it's, there's kind of this running gag is that every time you go to watch a Marvel movie, you're like, you ask yourself, is this going to be the bad one? And then every time you go to see a DC movie, you ask, is this going to be the good one? (laughs) (laughs) And it's, it's kind of true. DC fans hate you so much. Marvel like just keeps putting out like good, you know, anywhere from decent to great movies. And they just don't show any signs of stopping. And I'm just, I'm just happy to be along for the ride at this point. (laughs) Yeah, guys, I, uh, I hate to be the, uh, the uh, odd man out here, but it's skip it. Travis, you convinced me. <laughs> trash. Tra- no, I, it's I love fault. watching this movie again. Honestly, guys, I would have rewatched this movie like a couple times over if I didn't want to like ruin it and still have fun watching it in the future. You know what I mean? Because I saw it, you know, as soon as I got it and I had so much fun. And then I watched it with commentary and then i was finding like half of the time i was like shut up and let me listen to the movie you know and then the other kind i was like that's really interesting but i wanted to watch it again and i wanted to watch it again immediately a third time but i'm like dude calm down you know what i mean you want to don't don't wreck it you know what i mean you could definitely wear it out maybe but no it's it's a it's a must watch and like travis said like if you've never seen these before don't watch this don't start here start with iron man Somebody if spoilers. you don't like it Stop. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And if you don't want to watch it, stop. Because, um, you it's you know, if you don't like Iron Man, it's not really going to get much better for you, I don't think. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And I'm I'm really glad that I got it. And it's a really fun movie to own. And I am I wasn't really excited for Ant-Man and the Wasp so much after seeing Infinity War. I'm really edge of my seat for Captain Marvel. Yes. That's going to be a good one. Well, definitely a good one. I'm I'm really excited for it. I hope it's really good. So, yeah. Infinity War. Thumbs up. Cheerful Ghost Radio is brought to you by CheerfulGhost.com, and our theme music is by Creo. Make sure you head over to Cheerful Ghost to let us know what you think of the show, and thanks for listening. <laughs>